It was the year of fans. The year of newbies. The year we reviewed the show we love. It was the year of predictions. The year of great feedback. The year of puns. And the year of memes. It was a new season. It was a podcast of future history. It was a year absolutely nothing changed. The year is 2015. The show down below. Hello again, everyone. <laughs> um, now I'm all out of whack. <laughs> um, no, it's not true. <laughs> just, uh, welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ian. I'm Heidi. And I'm Beth. Today we are joined by Lori and Carl, return visitors to Down Below. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. Yeah. Good to hear your feedback every week. Oh, speaking yeah. of feedback, I forgot to look for <laughs> uh it's one of those days. Yeah, I hope it's not too long. <laughs> no. That was great. Um uh, today we are here to discuss episode twenty of season four, but first an ISN special report. This is an ISN. The Flesh Pulp Podcast. Three to ten minutes of fiction. Per- As a former member of the ISN Underground and the Voice of the Resistance, I'd like to thank you all for watching. Without your support, none of this would have been possible. Thank you. This has been an ISN special report. Brought to you thrice weekly. 200 miles below the surface of the earth, at the terminus of a series of long sea caverns and interconnected shines, under the shadow of the eternally bleeding eye, there is a crippled wreck of a man writing tales, stories of a dimension engulfed in madness. He is writing them of you. Think them all at fleshpulp.com or search for it on iTunes. Did I say the name of the episode right in game? Not sure. It is end game, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if I yeah. said that. <laughs> um, end game originally aired October 27th, 1997. It was directed by John Copeland, who's been a producer on the show since the beginning. He's also a producer on Captain Power. What's Captain Power? I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just said it like a, you know, it was a common thing. Yeah. It's not Captain mm-hmm. Planet. It's, oh, Captain Power. Was that the show that, um, yeah, I think we, it's a Canadian show and like 
Jules, Jules State on it. There was somebody who was on it as a really young actress. Maybe I'm getting podcasts mixed up. But I think there was some kind of joke about JMS on that show thing. Mm. I don't remember. Is that oh, the show that, um, that Teddy Bear, maybe? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I knew there was some connection. Oh, yeah, I remember y'all talking yes. about that. There's Captain Power, The Beginning, a TV movie, and Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Uh, yeah, I think the connection is, uh, what's it, there? they do a uh, whole joke on there, there's a whole evil race of birds. Stradinskines or whatever they are yeah. who, who slaughtered bears. Oh, but this is 1987 to 1988, so I guess that's not it. Maybe one of the uh, future Captain... I think there were multiple Captain Power shows, weren't there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Not according to IMDb, but they don't know everything, so... Uh, anyway. <laughs> if you know about Captain Power, email us. I know. This episode was written by JMS. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting for that one that's not. (laughs) Next season. Hey, so there's only two more episodes left, right? Right. This season, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, this season. Uh, Yeah, they thought they were, well, they thought they were being canceled and they were canceled, kind of (laughs) wrapping things up. Oh, so Not just be like this, you know, Civil War storyline and... Yeah. So the last two episodes were with the mentality that they were cancelled. Yes. Ish. <laughs> we'll Ish? get there. Uh, we'll, we'll get <laughs> okay. there when we get there. There's a well, story. it helps for our, um, for, you know, our predictions. <laughs> yes, your predictions may change a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we want to be as accurate as possible. <laughs> <laughs> we have been so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got three of you predictions this about week, though. Dark was on point, though. My God, I can't believe it. I, <laughs> yeah, I listened to the commentary. Yeah. Did you pre- <laughs> did you predict that? Yes, last episode. And then, oh, awesome! I was like, what a prediction came true. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So recap. So we begin in hyperspace with Sheridan's fleet, and Marcus is caressing Susan very gently. Oh, but it's not creepy, uh, weirdly. No, it's not creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Delenn tells Marcus they need to take Ivanova back to Babylon 5 to make her safe and comfortable and what time she has left. Marcus she thinks says she... it kind of awkwardly about the needs, yeah. but uh, this is what, what Delenn is good, good, you know, at doing. <laughs> this is all she's good for, really. She's good at this kind of thing. You know, gently but firmly leading somebody in a certain direction. Yeah, then when the uh, staff came to with the cart to take her away, it's kind of sad. So, does every yeah. cast have their own medical people, or do they come from the worker cast or something? I don't know. Hmm. Oh, I wonder. It looked like they were wearing religious robes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't look at their um, horns or whatever, their ridges. <laughs> I don't think you can tell that anymore. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> From that one episode where you could. Well, yeah, some of the warrior cast, or like, um, what's his name? The head warrior cast guy. His ridge definitely looked different. Mm. But I don't know. And, and, but, well, actually, Carl noticed it first. Um, Delenn's head crest, there was something weird about it. Did you all notice that? 
because we were watching on too big of a television. But it, it just looks like wasn't... they applied the uh, the makeup on incorrectly. Yeah. Oh, right. If you go back and look. Yeah, it's not applied correctly sometimes, but they're doing their best. And over the years, it's got much better since they first had it in season two. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they were working before really large jobs. televisions Jones. and all that. Didn't have mm. HD monitors. Right. So next is Franklin's log. It's November 1st, 2261. They're ready. And you see a lot of preparations going on. Well, their plan is, is to smuggle these telepaths on board the destroyers that the Earth Clark's forces have. And they have 30 telepaths. One for, mm, I on think, uh, whilst I was listening to the commentary, I could hear the cogs whirring <laughs> in your head's idea, Beth, of, Oh, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah, go ahead. it goes way too smoothly. Yes. It was <laughs> such an ambitious plan. And like one being found out would have led to, of course, all the other fleet right. notified. Yeah. And, you know, so good. But on the that communications plan. went down. So yeah, even before. though. Oh, you mean before? Like they should have been they... more careful. Their battleships, shouldn't they, like, check inventory? No kidding. The smuggling aboard of 30 size in boxes. Jim, and they weren't that. even covered that well, let's be honest. They <laughs> to get out after, you know, she she wakes them up. So they couldn't have been, like, completely buried. Hmm. Yeah, JMS had an excuse for that, and I didn't write it down because it was just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> like, why they, would, why they wouldn't have noticed. Plot <laughs> reason. Yeah. Oh, SOD. No, what's the whole thing in uh, sci-fi and fantasy now? A wizard did it. Yeah. So we what is got it? wizards in Babylon 5? Technomages. Oh, Technomages did it. There we are. Technomages. So Garibaldi is out on the surface of Mars, out in the open. Yay, that was cool, though. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you all were talking about, well, in the last episode I've listened to, wanting to see more of Mars. And it, it definitely made me think of Red Mars. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but it really does, doesn't it? Yeah, we, we've been uh, pushing Red Mars. Everyone definitely needs to go out and read those books. Oh, I do need to. I need to put that on my to-do list. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> almost, it, even down to the way the resistance functions in this, it, it, there's so many parallels. Yeah, and he obviously is a fan if he's potentially going to do um, that series of it. So it, it kind of does lend credence to maybe that's where he kind of pulled some of these ideas. From. Oh, yes. I'm pretty much, sure it was before. I wonder how much he's yeah. involved with um, this show now, because I just saw an article where they were getting hiring a new showrunner, and the last guy was somebody I'd never heard of before. Oh, well, uh, I don't know about Sharon, but he was hired to write the script, so okay, yeah, okay. they huh, might have okay. had a different Sharon, but have still have JMS's script. It's a matter of uh, whether he's still on board or not. Hmm. Uh, but maybe they're going in the direction JMS wasn't a fan of. Maybe. I didn't write them down, but I know that um, Garibaldi was grumpy. And <laughs> Yeah, there was like a sleazy, dopey or something. Sleazy? Was there a sleazy? Sleazy. Sleazy. No sleazy dwarf. (laughs) I heard what I heard. I did say, I think I did say sleazy, sorry. (laughs) Um, Because that's so much better. (laughs) 
Uh, well, sleazy. so was uh, Ivanova Snow White and and Marcus was <laughs> Prince Charming. I thought no, Marcus is Snow White. Yeah, I thought Marcus was Snow oh, White, okay, and okay. maybe Lanier is Prince Charming. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Don't don't do the whole quote. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, not this effect, but slightly after this scene, there's a great special effect where you see the uh, shuttlecraft leaving the ground and swoop up into the battle fleet, and I think that's one of the best special effects I've had so oh, far. Oh, that is really good. That was really good. Yeah. I Shows the scope down. of Mars, and it's just an epic shot. Yeah, there is yeah. a note, some, I think I have it later, where they, um, the people noticed that Mars looked different and they farmed out the special effects to a, a different company they wanted to try out for the episode. Uh, mm. like better or? Um, I know, so they just said they noticed it looked different. I don't know. If I mean, know. it wasn't the shot of the shuttle, so, <laughs> so <laughs> that would be different. Shots, I think it looked oh, cool. Yeah, most of the, wait, never mind. Maybe I'm. Good. I would say they said before this episode, most of the Mars shots were done by an outside contractor, but I guess they wanted to do it in house this time. I don't know. It's pretty exciting to be on the ground there. Yeah. You know, instead of I, just in like the tunnel or <laughs> in the shuttle. Stupid tunnel. So on Mars, after the opening credits, we see Clark's people getting ready, and out of this guy wasn't. Then he kind of looked like Dolph Lundgren a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I call him Zolfogan. But yes, yeah, the Which biggest. Guy? Uh, the Earth guy who's just talking. And then when oh, the about, guy, uh, I want to be up there in the fleet. Yeah, biggest um, fleet since uh, Battle of the Line. Yeah, that guy. Oh, okay. But hey, there's a mole in the mist, and Garibaldi and his people come in and take over mm-hmm. and secure the place. I don't know, I think I remember in one of the commentaries they said something about Franklin you know, being under stress and getting more gray hair. I really noticed his hair looked different in this episode. Oh, yeah. I noticed his face looked thinner. Yeah, he's looking older. Well, him and mm-hmm. Sheridan mm-hmm. both. Yeah. Sheridan, yeah. definitely. Uh, well, it's a combination of, you know, everything that's happened in the show and then on the show, on the production side of things, the executive producers saying, yeah, you can have more control and they're letting... Jeremy say, okay, right, actually, I want to show the age of my actors rather than, you know, dyeing their hair all the time. Hmm. Uh, I think those two combined kind of work to show these are stressful environments and they have an effect on our heroes. Or maybe they don't have any more money for hair dye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so expensive. The special effects. and Yeah, and the the way they um, took the bunk here, the... You know, the use of the masks and, you know, it's protection enough against the atmosphere and maybe slightly difference in the pressure, but only slightly so because it looks like they've already started to terraform Mars, but then they're nowhere near at the right place at the moment. Yeah, that's what we were wondering, though. I didn't see anything green. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, you're right. They didn't really have on full pressure suits, which I think they would have needed had there not been any terraforming at all that had happened. Yeah. Or they just didn't think about it that much. 
He's JMS. I would. I'm sure he would have thought of this. Yeah, that that yeah. yeah, that was my assumption too. Yeah, there was some talk about that in the Lurkers guy about yeah the pressure and they didn't have on like their full full suits or whatever. And of course, yeah. they can't really change the walking. I mean, obviously, they would have been at lighter gravity, but that's mm. really hard. I mean, yeah. they didn't even do that in the Martian because of budgetary reasons. It's just right. too hard to do. For sure. Still, I mean, it. There's a big part of the uh, Red Mars trilogy where you know, you know, someone who has spent their all most of their life living on Mars, having to use the pressure suits, and then being able to go out on the surface in what they see as, you know, just this light jacket. Of course, this jacket is still heavily insulated and kind of heavy, but it's nothing compared to the pressure suits they used to have to wear. And you really feel that in the books. And I think, in a in a way, I'll buy it in this show, probably because I read the books. <laughs> so Dr. Franklin gets... Um this little Cerebro machine and puts it on Lita. I don't know what it's called, but I think apparently they mentioned a few episodes ago the one where Lita woke up the telepath that he was going to be working on something to enhance her abilities. I don't remember that, but... It looks to me like um, he took the outer uh, thing one of those telepaths had on their heads. They must have died. He took the outer casing off her. And retrofitted it so it could work with Lita. That was my impression. So we weren't clear why she had to go outside, I guess, to see the ships, but yet they were still inside the ships. So it still wasn't like direct. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. If there was. Any, I think uh, it has a lot more to do with psychology than actual physical environment. Yeah, that was kind of my SOD for it. I don't know what you guys thought. I just thought it was just, you know, fewer barriers as possible. I don't know. Fewer walls between. I don't know. Yeah. I like the psychology better. Like, she would be able to better project without just looking at a wall. Right. She yeah. was able to focus better. Yeah, yeah. That was what I thought. I mean, so is she, like, just saying, how does that work? Is she just sending a message to, how can she just pinpoint those 30 people she's not well, casting a message to everybody the way i took it was she was focusing in on them and the shadow tech they were both using kind of allowed the connection to be made and i'm not she, even sure what she's like doing exactly because when she did it to the first one it i don't know it didn't seem like she was sending him a message it was more like I don't know, like she was switching something on in his brain, or I I don't even know. I don't know what's happening. What did she say? She heard the screech and she made it go away. Yeah. Yeah, that's what... Hmm. So, over on the Agamemnon, Sheridan's getting his people ready and he gives a speech to the rest of the fleet. They have to take care of Mars before they can go to Earth so they won't be exposed. The destroyers and the White Stars will lead the attack. And the League ships that are helping them won't engage unless they're fired upon. They're ready. Then we go to another speech. On, um, yeah, one of the Earth ships, the Apollo, we meet Sheridan's old trainer. And he's there because he knows how Sheridan thinks. Uh, what's his name? Leftcourt. Yeah, and he, and he says something really presumptive here that 
he knows how Sheridan's fight fights because he taught him everything he knows. I hate that line. It's <laughs> <laughs> mm, a yeah. It is. Uh, it's just no. Maybe he picked up something <laughs> else in the meantime. <laughs> Well, he has to have done because he's gone off fighting the Shadow War and loads of other stuff in the meantime. Yeah, he's done yeah. a lot of different things. He beat like, them in Bari. Like, the dude who beat the, the Black Star or whatever. Yeah. And this guy didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where was this guy? Who sure did fought the Black Star. And when he died, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's totally different now. He's, like, a messiah. <laughs> he's got those messiah powers now. What's his face now taught him everything he knows? You know, that really annoying alien guy. Oh, oh Crouton. Crouton, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he tells his fleet to open fire on all the ships that have defected. The only way they could have made it worse if he said, only target those ships. <laughs> Go kill those guys first. They're traitors. Well, the tri- they make, try and make him sympathetic by basically saying, I don't want to have to do this, but I'm going to do it because this is what I've been ordered to do. This is what I'm supposed to do because I'm a soldier. But uh, Carl, that's what you to, said. Sorry. Uh, that's what Carl. That's what you said on first watch. Did you think differently on second watch? I mean, he was sort of two dimensional. Honestly, he's <laughs> like, eh. I. Uh, this is exactly what I'm trying to say. He's the. It's basically a thin line of, oh, I know Sheridan, but we don't want to kill each other. And then the rest of it is jingoistic, um, you know, uh, stereotypical military general. And then at the end, he comes and saves the day because, oh, he's on the roof. He's actually a good guy now. I mean, well, his boss got killed. Uh, Sheridan's one famous chick paycheck now. <laughs> I I just thought he I didn't see him as somebody that was just following orders. I thought that he had a different mindset of how a soldier is supposed to act. Yeah, you don't fight your own government no matter what. Yeah, I I just didn't believe it when he said view. that. Oh. That's the thing. I didn't believe it when he said that. <laughs> um I just didn't like Charlie's hair. That bothered the crap out of me. Military. He has like some kind of 70s shag. Cut your hair, Charlie. Um, Like, you know he's evil because he's British, right? (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, Ian. (laughs) Um, I'll just go twirl my mustache then. Um, so Lita goes outside to get her line of sight with the ships up in freaking space. Oh, not before, um, Marcus and Delem bringing the White Star. I think that was after. No, it was before oh. this. Okay. Because, you know, the general says he wouldn't do that unless he had nice in his, up his sleeve. Oh, yeah. A quick shot. Um, yeah. So Garibaldi signals Snow White that they're ready and they can break the mirror whenever they're ready. So how strong is she if she can, you know, communicate with people in space? Very. Well, we kn- yeah, well, we know that she is possibly stronger than Bester from what was, I don't know, a few episodes back. Because she broke the P-12 block yeah, or something like that. Right. Yeah. She set off the defenses at Zahadun. 
Mm. She has the power of plot psychicness. <laughs> plot. <laughs> exactly. She's. I wonder if she's stronger than Talia, or than Talia was. Probably. Talia oh, had telekinesis. Oh, I can't wait until we get through to the at least at some point next season because I've got a whole theory I've got to at least. Okay. But you don't think oh. that she was more powerful than Talia? It's not that. There's a whole thing I've got to go into next season, and <laughs> I can't go into it now. Oh, okay. But I just feel like I I would say she would be more powerful than Talia. Talia had telekinesis of like. Yeah, she could throw a penny. A, like, yeah, penny. That's <laughs> right. Penny. And apparently that's all. that's all she could do because she never did anything else. So. Are we ever going to see her again? I miss her. Um, I'd say <laughs> don't hold your breath. <laughs> okay. Will actually killed her. I, think. I killed her with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Will's the most powerful. I went back and rewrote season two so she, she wouldn't go away. Um. And it was finally just at that point where you got completely fed up with her, and that's why it was so abrupt when she left. <laughs> I had this, you know, they had this whole lesbian storyline planned out. I'm like, sorry, we got to get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so Marcus and Lanier are chatting, and he's thinking about Ivanova. He's hoping there's something on B5 that can help, and Marcus is called Dr. Hobbs. Remember Dr. Hobbs? Haven't heard that name in a while. I know, you've only seen her a couple of times. I don't even remember. No. Oh! She was when Franklin was on his walkabout, right? Yes. Wait, what did she do in this episode? (laughs) He called her, that's all. She wasn't in this episode. He just called her. Yeah, they just dropped her name. (laughs) And Lanier says, no, a little too quickly. And Mark is like, okay. (laughs) Well, have you totally developed psychic powers? Somewhere out there, there's a podcast where they really like that doctor, and they're like, yeah, all they can do is say her name, kind of like when we're talking about Clarence, and they <laughs> reference him, and we're like, yeah, but he's not in the episode. <laughs> I know. doesn't count. So they get Garibaldi's message, and they go in, and on Mars, everybody, uh, Garibaldi tells everybody to get ready, and the White Star jumps inside the atmosphere, starts shooting, mm. sh- shooting stuff. <laughs> This was really cool and everything, but why did they actually do this? Uh, two, cool. <laughs> two reasons, I think. Uh, reason one, it helps the uh, Mars Underground movement um, so that they could actually make a strike against a force there and potentially gain control of Mars. And secondly, it's a possible diversion for the fleet. That if there was a different Generally, Taj, they would have sent some of the ships back towards Mars. Also, Carl, I think they just like to make a grand entrance. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's faster. There's less chance of being, I guess, detected ahead of time. They just jump right on top of them. But yeah, it looks cool on Battlestar Galactica when they did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to rewatch BSG. Um, yeah, Garibaldi's people take out Tower 7 before it can shoot the White Star. Left Court realizes it's a distraction because he knows Sheridan. So <laughs> he realizes um, Sheridan would go on the defensive unless he had an ace. And this is where Lita does her thing. She wakes up all the telepaths and Franklin's explaining. The zombies. Yeah, the zombie. Hmm. 
So, if a telepath turned into a zombie, would they still have telepath powers? Mm. Or do they go away upon mm. death? Guess mm. depends on which show you're watching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it Walking Dead or iZombie? <laughs> <laughs> would that mean that if telepathy was a thing on iZombie, if, uh, what's the name, ate a brain of a telepathy, gained telepathic powers? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. That would be cool. <laughs> But I don't think they'll get it. I want to call Rob Thomas. Hey, Robin. We got an idea. (laughs) Yeah, Robin knows Rob Thomas. You can put (laughs) that little tidbit in there. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah. So, um, yeah, so they're going to merge with the ships when they awaken, and that's going to basically disable them. And that lady, I don't know if, I think she just called Officer in the credits. She's mad about how they're using them as weapons, but Franklin's like, we're going to save 30,000 lives, these 30 people, and the best chance to save these uh, telepaths is by getting back to Earth. Her acting mm. was straight out of a telenovela. <laughs> like, you can't! Oh, no! <laughs> she was a little oh. over the top. Like, uh, Damn it. Uh, she was actually a little subdued earlier when they took the base over. You know, she actually reined in her acting back then. She really got control. If it's the same person, she's actually a dancer. I think she was in. Um, oh, she was in Showgirls. I didn't know she was that kind of dancer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think she's a, like one of Madonna's dancers. Um, hmm. Are we talking about was. the war, the conversation about like the ethical conversation? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it didn't last very long. It's an interesting, you know, point, but they didn't have a lot of time to spend on it. <laughs> No, I mean, they could have gone further with the whole thing of, hey, Franklin, didn't you take a stand in the last war that you wouldn't do any sort of thing to harm the enemy? You even burnt your research papers to stop them being used? <laughs> he misses oranges, that's why <laughs> he wants to get home. <laughs> um, so Sheridan's fleet jumps and they're in the hyperspace, almost... All the Agamemnon and almost all the destroyers are seem to be having problems right now. And Leftcourt, because he's smart, he's figured out something must have been slipped on board. And Sheridan tells the White Stars to disable the remaining ships, but not to destroy them. Yeah, this is a slight problem with this episode. Uh, it's this is all un- a bit anticlimactic, you know. All this big fuss about we've got to hit Mars first before we go to Earth, and then it's all oh, all the ships are disabled. That's good. Um, you want to mop up that bit of mess? We're jumping to Earth. Bye, Heidi and Elizabeth. Did you all think that the disabling of the ships was going to be more like catastrophic than it was? Because Carl, I know you did when you first like. I don't know if they up, like the telepath was going to get a tear the ship's apart. Uh, it was hard to make in episode thoughts. <laughs> yeah. A lot was going on. I don't know. Sometimes you have trouble making out um, ships from another. <laughs> yes, I never have any idea what's going on oh, in yeah, space battles. So is it surprising that they went to Mars and Earth in this one episode? It wasn't spread out over two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought this would, you know, be like a to be continued at the end, not like it was, but like uh, in the middle of the space battle. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot, of, a lot going on. But the shots of all the ships, what were pretty cool. I just couldn't tell you which was which, except for like 
the Membari ones. See, and like Star Wars, I do not have that problem. I know my Star Wars ships, so <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with this show, but I cannot tell. <laughs> well, there's CGI little... rather than models. So... That's probably the problem. <laughs> probably why I also cannot play like space video games, because I don't even know which one is me. I have that problem too sometimes, especially if I'm playing with somebody else sitting right beside me. Oh yeah, it's like a split screen. I'm like, I thought that was me. That was you. I totally do that. (laughs) It's like, why are you off in the corner doing nothing? Like, oh, I thought I was (laughs) the best you. I thought that was me being that bad guy. That's totally me. See, Carl, I'm not the only one who does that. Fortunately, I'm a teenager, so I'm like free from that. Just wait. A few years down the road, you'll have the same problem. <laughs> um, so on one destroyer, they find a telepath that's submerged with the ship. I'm guessing that probably didn't end too well. The the, C, the CG when they were like shooting the door down was a little weird. You know, maybe it was just me. And I think uh, when the uh, white uh, stars, uh, yeah, when the white stars were disabling the ship, that was kind of weird looking too. They were spreading the CG on a lot of diff- different places in this episode, and some places I just couldn't be bothered with, I think. I was going to say, I could have done that in college, but this came out when I was in college. <laughs> just the <laughs> effects of the explosion. Um, so, yeah, now Sheridan's ready to jump to Earth, and Marcus is on their way, but he t- Marcus tells Lanier he's going to go check on a few things. Lanier looks really suspicious right here. Yeah, this is... Lanier, this is when you contact Delenn and Sheridan. Yeah, you don't wait. Yeah, Lanier seemed really weird through all this whole thing. And then, well, Carl, you pointed out that, well, Lanier can't lie. And so that made it make more sense to me because he was just so, like, weird about it. Also, if he can't lie, he's probably not very good at telling if other people are lying. Mm. Because that's just not something that he's too familiar with. Makes sense. So Marcus goes somewhere and he does a Google search on Babylon 5's records <laughs> about terminal illness and extreme measures. <laughs> Which apparently works faster all the way from Babylon 5 <laughs> yeah. to Mars than it does just... Um, remember, this is hybrid uh, Membari ball on technology. Oh, that's true. They've got faster internet. Faster <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> the Membari got Google 5 before we did. Wow. <laughs> ah, still, yeah. Portland was in the running for Google Fiber, but they decided not. I guess we're still may get it at some point, but I can't wait. <laughs> Comcast sucks. Um, it took me like hours just to download like a demo of a game this morning. I didn't even get to play it. Um, so Marcus get his search results <laughs> back. Uh, one was about that singer that Franklin met when he was on his walkabout. Good callback. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was about Marcus, which uh, if it was when he, f- yeah, they were saying the Marcus yeah, guy. If it was I when he fought, first, I would say when he first came on the station and remember he was unconscious. Okay. Uh, oh, I thought it was when he fought um uh the Mangbari warrior guy. Yeah, uh, Naroon. Oh, Naroon, yes, yes. that's what I yeah. thought it was. They were saying if that's the case, then Franklin was on his walkabout, so he probably wouldn't have made any kind of journal entry. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> inconsistency. Yeah, 
can't make mistakes, JMS, when you're writing <laughs> like a hundred episodes in a row. Um, right. I wonder Not what allowed. the number was. This was probably like 60 something, at least 70. Wow. I mean, the, the interesting thing here is that it's only the third record that shows up. That's about the healing machine. Yeah, there is. Uh, and he, Marcus asked for all records of fatal or near fatal injuries. <laughs> yeah, and we've had a war. I mean, but you know, it is the rule of threes in TV. You have two that are not it, and then the third one has to be it. Yeah. I think Franklin <laughs> himself has killed <laughs> some people that it should take more than three. But yeah, so Franklin. Uh, not Franklin. Marcus wants to read all of those entries and prepare the shuttle for launch. I want to all records about improper touching. I'll <laughs> 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 be in my bunk. Um, so yeah, the Apollo guys figured out what's going on, but since comms are down, they can't tell anybody. He yells at engineering to get control of the ship back. Mm, this reminded me. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had a, um, military general or former general uh, become president of my university for a little while. And I guess this was the anniversary of it this week. And it was just a disaster because he was trying to lead a university like you would lead, you know, in the military. And no, boy. That would mark. Yeah. No, not at all. And his attitude was like, yeah, I don't care if people, you know, don't like what I do. And there was this whole big ordeal where um, he wanted to get rid of it was this whole landscaping controversy. He wanted to get rid of daffodils on campus and there's this whole <laughs> Facebook what? campaign to save the daffodils. He wanted to like <laughs> clean them out. <laughs> <laughs> but he ended up I think getting rid of them anyway. But uh, Well we couldn't uh, figure out why this guy is a general rather than an admiral. Why the army designation rather than the naval designation. Yeah, because we've seen in the past when we have um, Earth Force generals, they're usually part of, um, you know, the ground force. You know, you know, you had General Franklin was a general because he was part of the ground force. And then, oh yeah, good point. Um, what oh, was he an admiral or general who was the guy in charge of Sheridan and the conspiracy before he left? I can't remember. I don't remember. Oh, uh, no, he was a general, General Haig. So, no, they are using generals. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so different from Star Trek. Yeah. So I'm reading about the daffodil controversy. Oh. <laughs> Save <laughs> um, the daffodil! <laughs> um, so Lanier goes to see Delenn, but she didn't call him. It was a distraction. Marcus is taken off in the White Star. And so, all of the people aboard the White Star are obeying him completely. It's just... Without questioning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so they're on Delenn's uh, destroyer, right, or cruiser. So he yeah. took the whole White Star, right? Not he just took, a... Yeah, he took the uh, whole White Star. shuttle or whatever. Yeah, no, well, I guess they're used the to a main. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, oh. Lanier, you're so gullible. Um so the Agamemnon is in hyperspace. Delin tells Sheridan that Marcus is gone and explains what happened. <laughs> I uh, love like, your commentary because I hadn't noticed it before now, but the uh, captain beneath uh, Sheridan really is listening into this entire vocal. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. What the hell's going on here? 
He's like not even pretending not to. He's <laughs> so yeah, they can't signal Babylon Five because of the jammers. So I guess Marcus was outside of jamming range when he did his Google search. Mm. So Sheridan has to jump now or abort the mission. He decides to jump, and they can't help Marcus or stop Marcus. So Sheridan uh, broadcasts a speech to the people of Earth. This is this Yoko Ono thing, where I think she starts off like, people of Earth. <laughs> so you have to hear it out. Maybe I'll find it. It's hilarious. But, um, people of Earth, how are you? The multi-planetary force can't watch their ally fall into darkness. They're going to place Clark under arrest and disband the Night Watch. I mentioned Night Watch twice in this episode, I think. I kind of forgotten about them. It was good. We see Clark writing, scribbling, and we see the planetary defense grid being activated. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing for your head of state to have um, kind of, you know, say so over nuclear weapons, but to have personal access to a full defense grid? You just got button. Let me just push a button. <laughs> it yeah, does that seem was... like an accident waiting to happen. I mean, what if it was hacked, you know, by... What if he just, like, slipped and hit the button? Oh, <laughs> this, I'm going to blow up the world. The scorched well, earth there... button. <laughs> yeah. There goes Mexico. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to San Diego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the elbow. Somebody drops a book on the <laughs> defense grid controls and some massacre. Um, so, yeah, he says that uh, Sheridan says he knows some people wanted to act. Some people in the government wanted to act, but they were afraid. And we see a senator marching through Earth Dome. I'm like, it didn't take her long to get those troops ready. She must have been sitting there <laughs> waiting. <laughs> or maybe she heard what happened on Mars and had time to get ready. Perhaps. Just got Yeah. Yeah. So I recognize this actress from an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Face of the Enemy. <laughs> um, yeah, I looked up her IMDB because she looked familiar. And yeah, she had a really long one. And yeah, uh, TNG, I think, and Deep Space Nine, maybe. Or, and then I was like, yeah, it must be one I knew her from. Um, so Clark pushes some buttons and the defense grid starts firing. Hmm. <laughs> He just put, I think I saw one said like channel A, another said channel B. So Sheridan takes evasive actions and tells them to shoot some, shoot the incoming missiles. The Star Fury, some of those are destroyed, but they target the defense platforms. We see President Clark. I think Clark was played by somebody different that played him that one time we saw him before. Oh, really? Oh. Are you sure? The same. Yeah, you looked very oh, similar. Yeah, that's Santiago that was played by the producer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is Sam Clark. Never mind. Yeah, and from what I remember, the actor said something at some point about, oh, I get to play the president and he's evil. Really, I'm going to have this really big role. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we see him a couple of times before he commits suicide. Yeah, oh. talk <laughs> in this episode. He doesn't talk. I know. He only... The only time we ever hear him talk is it when he has that conversation with uh, Bester. Okay. Sorry, Morden. Morden, yeah. yeah. Um, I miss Morden. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we all miss Morden. Um, yeah, so he shoots himself, and right when they knock down his door, good timing, there's more fighting, and 
Senator, what was her name? Senator Crosby. Senator, uh, who the heck is this? Yeah, Senator Crosby. <laughs> Yeah, I remember your commentary. Like, I think y'all had like different theories about. We're like, it's was. a sign. She's gonna take over. Oh, she's just a senator. Yeah, but yeah, she. I like the way she just waved her hand and they like took his body. She was like, "Get this crap out of here. <laughs> this is my office now." Um, and yeah, she sees the message scorched earth in Clark's writing. So Clark was just crazy. <laughs> he just well, well, he's, so, he's so crazy. He writes a letter and then capitalizes Scorch up and circles them before he commits suicide. <laughs> I really sure want you to know. know what my plan is. Well, what's the point in committing suicide and not letting people know your plan? I mean, it's like at the end of every evil uh comic book character movie and they're like, this was my plan before they take them down. <laughs> so was it like the people who want everyone to die because they think that they're ascending to something better? He just wanted, he was just being vindictive or something? Yeah, well, I can't have Earth, no one can. Yeah. Or I feel like I read it, maybe in the Lurker's Guide that there might have been kind of shades of, um, oh, Emperor from, um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cretagia um, a little bit, because, yeah. like, he'd cut the deal with the shadows, and they were told him he was going to rise to godhood, so maybe they told Clark that as well. Well, maybe not godhood, because humans don't have the same relationship. Right, with but maybe something. Yeah, that he'd be immortal. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this scorched earth thing, the note, was an homage to Dr. Strangelove. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't know. Uh, they're talking about um so yeah sh- she calls sheridan but yeah you know, i was thinking that when they get the call on the agamemnon sheridan doesn't know who's calling he just said somebody from earth dome i put it through to everyone i don't care what it is it's the same casualness they have with whoever's at the door it doesn't matter <laughs> When the screens pop on in somebody's room. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so she tells them that um, the defense grid can level 40% of the planet's surface. So Sheridan has all the ships fire at will on the platforms. And he calls for Delin, who answers. says, I need you, Delin. So this is like Earth's defense yeah. system has now, now been taken out. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, there would be more ships had um, Clark actually left ships there rather than sending them all to Mars. Um, mm. well, I hope so, they're on good terms with all the other um, alien races. I know. It's like, we're going to need some protection until we get our defense system built back up and our ships put, uh, fixed. Well, it well I think that probably Apollo. one of the reasons why Sheridan says, I want the disabled, not destroyed. <laughs> I think he was, wasn't he talking about the other ships? Yeah, but not the defense stations. Yeah. Because it'll be easier to get those ships repaired and orbiting Earth, and then you build up your um, defense array or whatever it is. I mean, it only took like five years to build a whole Babylon 5 station, so. Well, no, it, did, it didn't take five years. It, remember, that's Babylon 5. I know. Yeah. If it only took five years to build. A five-mile-long space station, they could probably build those floating things pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, even faster because they, you know, they spent, what's it, the first five years trying to build the previous four. 
So Agamemnon takes a hit, and it looked like Sheridan just kind of jumped across the room. It's always interesting to see how they do that, like when a ship takes a hit, how you know, they do it on Star Trek where they just kind of shake the camera and have the actors lean, and sometimes <laughs> they'll kind of go flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babylon 5, they go full out almost every time, and how <laughs> the actors just fly out of their chairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Agamemnon is damaged, but Sheridan continues to fight. There's this one Star Fury pilot that was moving his head, I think, way too much. He was like, it's kind of like me when I go out in public. I'm just kind of looking at everything all around me. And my head is like going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It's like my dog sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as bad as the guy on the show, but still, I'm you know, looking at everything. Yeah, I think I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so their guns are down. The Agamemnon takes a hit and their guns are down. And. The nearest platform is about to fire on North America. <laughs> of course it's North America. <laughs> it's the only one, yeah. Uh, at least it's not going to take out the government. That's yeah, in Geneva. But of course North America is the most important one. It's going to take out the eastern seaboard. So Sheridan orders ramming speed, but before they can sacrifice themselves, Lefcourt shows up just in the nick of time to take out the... uh platform. He's been monitoring the situation. Yeah. Which nice obviously something had to happen. Oh yeah, but it's a nice effect nonetheless, you know, nice great big fireball. And the Agamemnon comes out of the fireball. Yeah. So the platform has been destroyed and they won. And of course happy to have John Hope even though he'll probably have to go before a board. And Earth is pretty much defenseless. <laughs> That's pretty sucky that he has to go in front of a board, but okay. Like, everybody would have to then, that I was following him. Mm. Like, that's a waste of time. He was the leader. Oh. Yeah, so he goes up in front of a board first, and then, you know, they use his whole proceedings to set the precedent for what follows. Maybe all the captains, I don't know. And remember, they've also took a load of people prisoner to say, right, you also go on trial after all of this is over. What about, like, Clarence? Does he have to go before a board? I don't think he should. No, I he, think he, he should if it means he's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he just stayed on Babylon 5 and just did his job. Maybe. Who knows? The entire next season is just going to be court proceedings. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the people Oh, versus... you never know. We might get a crossover Babylon, uh, Battlestar. We might get an appearance of Roma Lankin. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that's when Talia comes back to help with the trials. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm rewriting season five right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they won't. Earth Dome. They won't share it in Earth Dome as soon as he can get there. And this guy, I can't remember his name. I keep forgetting his name. Mm. But he asked specifically about Elena and Franklin and nobody else. I thought that was weird. I guess we yeah. need some exposition. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, before we get into what Franklin's doing, apparently, Delenn's got other business to attend to. Oh, what does that mean? Captain James. Yeah. With her excuse. I wonder if Delenn has ever been on Earth. I wouldn't think so. Mm. Well, we know Charmian visits visited Earth. Yeah, maybe the end is. And we see ISN come back. Yay! Very, Yay! Yeah, Jane is very emotional, and she Yay, kind of Jane, no, okay. And she 
I just wrote down the word healing. What does that mean? <laughs> Did she uh, say something about healing? Yeah, we, we'll. I'll, I'll think I'll quote it later, but yeah. Okay. And then we see Franklin trying to contact B5, and this is where my DVD skipped and wouldn't play anymore. But from the what the lurkers guy says, he just logged into. He sees what Marcus downloaded, and Ashland on. Uh, he says to Linear, play it again, as if he hasn't seen this before, as if he never recorded it in the first place. <laughs> Tell me again what I said. I don't remember. It's like, I guess, well, he, I mean, even if he does remember, it's like listening to it again, it's going to like reveal something that he didn't get before. Like, you know what Marcus is doing. Like, and on Babylon 5, we see an unconscious guard on the floor, and Marcus and Ivanova are connected to the machine, and Marcus whispers to her, I love you. Aww. Yeah. And we're left just, on another cliffhanger, as he said. We don't know who's alive and dead at the end of this. So could Ivanova just, you know, turn right around and give her life back to Marcus? I just don't I get why it can't work wait. how it worked before. They just keep doing back and forth, back and <laughs> yeah, forth. Yeah, they just keep, <laughs> I love you. No, I love you. No. Well, they do say <laughs> something about the effects of the machine being irreversible. Yeah, when, they, yeah uh, they did. Okay. In, the, yeah. Uh, in the video clip. Yeah, so yeah, earlier, I think Sheridan and Franklin each gave a little bit. Uh, time, yeah, and Garibaldi's injury wasn't as severe as Ivanova's in the first place. Right. And all Franklin wanted to do, I think, was give uh, Garibaldi a jump, his system a jump start to start healing itself. Whereas because um, (laughs) Marcus is there doing it on his own, with no one else there monitoring the situation, he's just going to sit there and let the machine do whatever it wants to do. God, Marcus, you dummy. (laughs) Well... I mean, there had to be, I'm sure, who's somebody who they could have picked up and hooked to the machine to, who's somebody that likes Ivanova a lot? Just <laughs> someone uh, out of the brig. Yeah, sure, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> random person. Like, if they had I mean, captured Clark. <laughs> we've not seen <laughs> the graph in ages. Hook the graph up to it. No, I don't know how, how does that work? Alien. Hmm. Well, we don't know what happened because, of course, they ended the episode. So anything could happen, really. I don't think Marcus is dead. I hope not. <laughs> Watch and find out. So let's see. Yeah, Earth Standard Time is Greenwich Mean Time. If that was a question, commentary. Oh, um, yeah, makes sense. I guess there was some talk that this episode felt rushed, and JMS was like, no, it's not rushed. We're just culminate- we're culminating three years of story here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see both sides. It's not so much that it was rushed per se, but it was surprising that they did Mars and Earth at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd and say everything was wrapped up with Clark, I guess, and it just kind of all ended. And we didn't expect the Clark thing to be decided in this episode. So I think that's probably why. I'd say it was condensed rather than rushed. Yeah, it's just it was just more than we expected. Like I would have expected like a big battle for Mars. I wouldn't have expected like to finalize stuff with Clark. You know what I mean? So Uh, where are those shadows when you need them? 
Where are the shadows when you need them? Good yeah, question. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Probably coming back cool. to take over Earth since there's no defense. <laughs> like, you know, you know, as we said, we were gone for good, but this is too tempting, especially since one of them blowed up our home world. Let's see. Do you have any quotes? Oh, I do. Where did my thing go? I know. We just have one that I wrote down. Go for it. Carl, um, do you, you want to do it? Yes. Grab the Snow White. I have coordinates for the Wicked Queen's castle. We are in position. You can break from <laughs> here anytime you want. <laughs> That's my best care Very nice. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> this is the lady to Franklin. But how can you do this to them? You're a doctor. It's just Franklin to me. Get <laughs> <laughs> me for anything. Um, mine's going to be a Marcus quote. I love you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was going to be my quote because I didn't really have anything to quote, but I will quote um, uh, Jane Lastenarmaid's uh, little bit here. We are all equally sons and daughters of Earth, and in the coming months we must continue to remember that if we are to heal and move on. I have, um, in case you didn't notice, the enemy pulled our shorts over our head and tied them in a knot. <laughs> I don't have a quote, but I found some more trivia. <laughs> said, uh, Richard Biggs asked if he could do his own stunts for the fight when Franklin, Garibaldi, and Lita all entered the bunker. They granted his request. When he filmed it, he accidentally knocked the stunt person out and bent, oh, bent down to check on him. He felt he ruined the shot, but the producers told him that they thought it was okay since it would seem like Franklin was checking on an injured person. And he apologized to the stuntman for the accidental contact. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that's a bit of trivia. Makes sense for the character as well, unless yeah, also, unless um, frankly, was checking the vitals elsewhere other than on the neck. <laughs> 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 also, says Jason Carter said that he felt it was out of character for Marcus to have knocked out the med lab staff in order to get to Ivanova. In order, to, yeah. Well, he was desperate. Any other quotes? Wasn't a very quotable episode. No, it yeah. really wasn't. Yeah, the only quote, like in wiki quotes, or well, the other other ones that you did was the really long Sheridan speech, mm, yeah. which I wasn't gonna put down. He has so many just speeches, <laughs> and you yeah, know he like, practices all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's why him and Delano are such a good match. <laughs> Isn't it usually like opposites attract though? So like he would give long speeches and she wouldn't. Were they both like to give long speeches? Oh my goodness. I can see them giving speeches to each other at the dinner table. (laughs) Alright, so who is our human of the week? Uh. There's some. I had Marcus. Marcus, in case he dies. (laughs) It was Ivanova last week. In case she dies, see? Uh, I guess. Yeah, because Marcus kind of went a wall in the middle of a battle. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. It was to save his one true love. <laughs> his OTP. <laughs> uh, he did trick uh, Linnea quite easily. <laughs> uh, so uh, Marcus. Mm, okay. Okay, I have done the bunker lady, but. See <laughs> <laughs> mm. what you enjoyed her overacting. Yeah. I felt an affinity. I feel like she was like a stage actress, but you see, uh, part of me wants to go for Jane. I say an anchor Jane. 
It's, it's great to see oh, her back. Yeah. I know. I was oh, like, pull it together yeah. for a few minutes. <laughs> wow. No, you, you see, I believe it because the way she was talking and people dying, I believe, well, the the guy she was with just before ISM was invaded probably was killed straight away. And it just, she's been in, she's probably gone through a load of torture as well over the last couple of months. She's just completely relieved that, you know, it's over now. That's a good point. I, I can go either way. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sticking I'm, with Marcus. Marcus? Okay. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Fine. Were there any aliens in this episode? Well, I think there were. Lanier and Delenn. Oh, Lanier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was I, forgot, I forgot about them. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> well, I really miss Londo. We've not mm. seen Londo much lately. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I wanted to know when they were showing up because didn't they like all go out to space battle with mm-hmm. humans? Well, I guess they were there. They just didn't show them. Yeah. I mean, other than we only really saw Membari ships other than the Vri saucer ship. I think they're yeah, those it's Vri ships. Vri a little bit. But most of them were board. just Membari ships that we saw in the fleet. Mm. So it really comes down to Lanier or Delenn. Delenn, who didn't really do much, or Lanier, who was tricked by Marcus. Or there was Creepy Stretcher Man. Yeah, that oh, that's true. <laughs> there was oh, the, the, Membari, the Creepy Stretchy Membari that was like waiting to take Stretcher Membari. Membari yeah. Porter. Creepy. Yeah. Body Stealer. And then there was. I don't know. This is a hard one. If it's out of Lanier and Delenn, I say Delenn because Lanier like didn't uh, say anything until it was way after the fact. Too late. Yeah. Mm. I'm happy with Delenn. Yeah, I'm good with that. I really, I put down Lanier, but not in any kind of strong sense. Yeah. My Elaine is, as always, Kosh. (laughs) (laughs) As it should be, Carl. Because, as Kosh always says, he has always been here. So there. Yeah. Oh wait, you weren't on the call when um, Will was saying that there's a Twitter account for Kosh. Is it Twitter? Yeah, yes, but Twitter. it's spoilery. So oh, that's right, it's spoilery. You can't really go looking at it yet. When I do finish, I'm going to create a Twitter account and just to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just say yes or no most of the time. Like a magic. But it does say something. Yeah. <laughs> So let's do ratings. Uh, Lori Carr, you want to start us out? All right. Well, I'll do mine. Um, I, I really remembered this episode. It's like one of the ones that I remembered a lot, I guess, because of like the Marcus Ivanova part. Um, is one reason why I signed up for it. Um, that watching it, like not all that quotable and I don't know, but a lot happened. So I'm going to go with 8.5 out of 10. Greek gods. We noticed the ships were named after Greek hey. gods. Um, yeah. All right, Carl, do you want to do your series no. of ratings? I uh, My rating is uh, two telenovela. I don't know what my total is because it's not here. But Sorry, I, I forgot. No, no, it's yeah. okay. I just, I just <laughs> so it is a total. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my ship is the Agamemnon. Uh, my set is the Med Lab just because. That looks like a like a huge pain to clean up. 
my species is human and Marcus because try. Um, death is uh, that one dude on the Apollo that they shot. Uh, plot is mm, uh, President Clark President Clark's obvious love of word searches. Made his own. Wooing relationship is Marcus Tear. Mm. Oh, Marcus. Uh, dramatic moment was like when he was ramming speed. Yes, let's go ram. <laughs> uh, comedic. Garibaldi has the same problem as me with longitude and latitude. No- <laughs> <laughs> But you uh, had no problem giving coordinates, so... You guess it was just coin flip. Uh, <laughs> the camera work is... Um, they did it a couple times in, like, uh, establishing shots of rooms. They moved the camera around in, like, a rambling fashion to make it look bigger, you know? And I couldn't figure out what Sinclair do, because we haven't seen him in such a long time. Uh, oh. I always like ramming speed, too. <laughs> and that's it for me. All right. So, so what is your scale... Of rating? What's the highest it could get? Uh, I can't answer that. <sighs> okay, no. We're at the end of the season, I'm going to change no, it all no, up next season. Uh, no, so. I think I know what the highest is. The highest is Kosh. Well, nothing's ever be that high, so... <laughs> <laughs> so effectively, it's uh, five to negative five. Zero is average. Okay. Okay. That all makes sense. So it could actually, theoretically, be a negative for the season. It's been a pretty good season. <laughs> yeah, how about you, Heidi? Um, I liked this one. I I'm once again interested to see where it goes next since we just wrapped up another war. Second <laughs> <laughs> one this season. I know, it's crazy. Um I It's almost like they were trying to end the season. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was this season? <laughs> Yeah, that was this season. Yeah, that was episode six, I think. I know, it's so crazy. Um, so much has happened, and then I felt like we had that dry spot in the middle where nothing happened, so it's just oh, so weird. Um, but I think, uh, I think I'm going to take a couple points off because I felt like it kind of was packed too full, and yet there was other things that I wanted to see in it, too. So, like, I wanted to see Jakar and Londo like arrive as the cavalry or something and save them at the last second and um and that kind of thing and so i feel like maybe it would have been better as more of a two-parter um only because i wanted to add more things which is weird reasoning but um so i'm gonna give it i think i'm gonna go eight out of ten long distance sigh oh how about you beth yeah, I, I think this was, it was good in that a lot of stuff happened and it kept the momentum going, but at the same time it was a bit disjointed and it was kind of all over the place in terms of like going from one thing to the other and um, some of the stuff I had a hard time figuring out what was going on, but then sometimes you would spend too much time somewhere and you wanted to be somewhere else. I don't know. It was just, it was good, but I felt like too much was going on. Um, and I don't know, the Marcus and Ivanova stuff was kind of just, it was good, but it didn't really work by putting it in here and there. And I don't know, it was just, it was a little disjointed, but I thought it was a well done battle uh, scenes. And I really liked that we got to go on Mars. And, um, 
I am curious to see what happens now with EarthGov, obviously. And yeah, so I'm going to give it 8.5 possibly dead virgins. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say, Ian? Okay, well, I said earlier this story is condensed, and it is because there's a lot going on here. It doesn't feel misplaced or mistimed, though, for me. It seems, although there's a lot of chaos, it seems to be organised chaos, especially when you get, are at Mars and you. The special effects give you a scale of the uh, place and scale of the fleet uh, that's surrounding Mars. Uh, that's really great for me. Um, the Marcus and Ivanova story is at this point, it, it's, it's, it's handled well in a way, apart from looking at it this time and thinking how naive is Lanier really. Because he's been on this show for four seasons now, and he must have picked up something about humans in all that time. Um, and the rest of it, I really enjoyed. Wanted a little bit of a bigger battle once they got to Earth, but I enjoyed what I did get. And I'm just going to enjoy the ride going forward. So I'd say 8 out of 10, Return of ISN. Nice. Well, yeah, I enjoyed the episode as well. I thought I remembered this episode, but I remembered a lot of stuff wrong, I guess. That's because I thought uh, the Jakar and company did show up, or at least ships from the alien races did show up if Jakar and Londo weren't there to help. And, um, yeah, it's really weird how easily Veneer was tricked. The battle scenes, I do like some good space battle scenes, so those are really cool. Um... Yeah, the whole resolution was a little quick. Um, yeah, but yeah, overall it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I'll give it eight and a half out of ten. Um, ramming speeds. I hope I already said that. That's <laughs> eight point three. Uh, hmm. So let's set a course. Ramming speed <laughs> for feedback land. Uh, okay, this isn't working. So I am just going to read this myself. Let's pull it up. Okay. So, first email is from Derek. Derek says, Dearest ambassadors and Lori and probably Carl, I'm guessing. Well, Sheridan finally made it back to Earth. It just took an entire war, a few dozen lost ships, a core induced betrayal from his best friend, torture, and another galactic war entirely to get there. The only thing that I didn't like in this episode was the over-the-top, possibly Australian accent from the second-in-command guy in earth force was that accent from the second in, oh, was that accent even real or just a horrific try like dick van dyke and mary poppins <laughs> i felt that after he questioned the new captain he was going to invite us to outback steakhouse for a giant foster's beer and shrip on the bobby followed by a crocodile <laughs> dundee festival oh, oh so that was really australian that's that harsh oh um Otherwise, of course, this episode is awesome. We've been waiting over a year to see what happens with Earth, although it really does suck that no one tried to overthrow Clark before this. Also, who builds a missile launcher with the ability to fire at the side it's trying to protect? Whatever engineer who designed those things and whatever computer programmer who never asked, hey, 
Do you think we should make sure our missile defense system shouldn't fire back at us? <laughs> should both be jailed and forced to listen to Delenn give speeches 24 hours a day? <laughs> Sorry, Delenn, but it's true. And you know who I'm actually not complaining about in this episode? Stephen Franklin, who helped Lita and nothing else. <laughs> who just helped Lita and nothing else. It seems I actually like Franklin when he's not playing Doctor. Who knew? But I'm sure that won't last long. As the minute he steps back in Mad Lab, he'll be Mr. Touchy McFeely MD all over again. <laughs> Overall, an ep- excellent episode that uses all the elements of the entire series to make it great. I never saw the telepath gambit coming when I first watched this episode. In fact, I had almost forgotten about the telepath stored in the deep freeze at D5. I hope they were just careful enough to not store the telepath next to the ice cream. Otherwise, I don't think I could ever eat Ben and Jerry's again if I went to get a pint of Chunky Monkey and ran into a frozen telepath cyborg instead. <laughs> Plus, we all we went all the way back to season one and used Chekhov's death sucking machine, and even mentioned the singer who unfortunately died after Doctor McPhilly met her on Walkabout. See, Walkabouts are never a good thing, particularly when your path is only five miles long. I'm not sure how to feel about Marcus. He skips out in the middle of a war, which is bad, to save someone, which is good. He knocks innocent med lab employees and guards unconscious, again bad, to save one person, again good. And when they initially were hurt fighting against the spider earth ships, Marcus saves Ivanova, good, but apparently ignores everyone else on the bridge and ship, which is bad. Yeah, we talked about that. And on that topic, as a hospice nurse and researcher, I have to strongly object to taking Ivanova all the way back to B5 when she is in so much pain and close to death. I think hyperspace would be a very bumpy ride, and I'm sure everyone's had to ride in a car when they were in pain, and it seemed like there was a pothole or speed bump every 50 feet. Yes. And the Mabari ship is supposed to stay out of the way of the Earth fleet, so it probably was a nice resting place until they moved her. And when someone's dying, you try to help them do what they want as much as possible. And I'm sure Susan would have preferred to be close and watch the battle in her last hours and be stuck on the bumpy hyperspace highway. Despite all my little rants, I give this episode 10 out of 10 hospice care facilities. Or if that rating system is taken, 10 out of 10 <laughs> pints of Chunky Monkey Ice, ice Cream. I don't think even those ratings have been taken. <laughs> because we all chose that rating. I want some chunky monkey ice cream. Um, favorite human, Sheridan. Favorite bullet, the one going through President Clark's head. Wow. <laughs> it was a PPG. <laughs> it's an energy. But, uh, favorite dwarf, Grumpy, only because Snow White didn't have any dwarf friends named Sleazy or Slutty. Hey, I tried to make it <laughs> yeah, Sleazy. <you> <laughs> See you hopefully next week as we see what Sheridan does when he gets back to Earth. Prediction, he rents a room at the Four Seasons Hotel in Geneva and takes a nice hot whirlpool bath with fresh filled orange juice. Thanks again for the coolest podcast, Derek. Hey, thanks, Derek. Thanks, Derek. Thank you, Derek. And one more email from Yarsto. Greetings down below, casters. Here's my feedback for in-game as well as some belated feedback for Between the Darkness and the Light. Starting with the last one, I picked a hell of an episode to not be able to do feedback for in time. Garibaldi coming back into the fold, thanks to a lot of work from Franklin and Lita to keep him alive. The League voting to support the campaign against Earth, and the rescue of Sheridan all seems secondary to the drama involved in Ivanova's plotline. Ivanova channel- channeling every vengeful deity known to any sentient species, 
manages to destroy an advanced Earth destroyer group upgraded with shadow technology, but she herself is critically injured in the process. This takes us on to Endgame, with Sheridan commanding the fleet from the deck of the Agamemnon. Final preparations for taking on Earth are underway. We finally get to see the reason for some of the season's ominous foreshadowing about Sheridan having been changed by his experiences. Some of the frozen teats are used to disable Clark's fleet at Mars before the assault fleet moves on Earth. Just as the fleet is about to move on Earth, Marcus goes AWOL, having found information about the alien healing device from Season 1. When the fleet does arrive, it turns out that, aside from his other bad qualities, Clark is a sore loser who favors an if-I-can't-have-Earth-no-one-can approach. Fortunately, the fleet manages to come to the rescue just in time. In a beautiful move, we get our old ISN anchor Jane back now that Clark has been removed. The episode closes on a shot of Marcus having plugged himself into the healing machine to save Ivanova. Sadly, no time for quotes. There were plenty. Or to work out precise scores, since I want my feedback to be another episode late. Suffice it to say, these are two episodes that are almost as kick-ass as Ivanova. Yarsto from the Netherlands. Thanks, Yarsto. Thanks, Yarsto. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So, now do we want to do some predictions? Mm. Sure. <laughs> it depends. At this point, did they think that the se- the series was going to end? Yes. Okay. So, they wrote the last two episodes with that in mind. Yes. Okay. That changes things. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, the next episode is called Rising Star. Uh, <laughs> I think that they would try and end the series uh, on kind of a up note, you know, like he, he, I don't think that he'd want to end it with tons of bad stuff happening that couldn't be uh, couldn't be resolved. Right, things that couldn't be resolved. Yes, not mm-hmm. worrying about characters. <laughs> right, who's gonna die? Like uh... I say again, like I said last week, I don't think Marcus is gonna die because why not die at the end of the episode? Yeah. True. Unless they're trying to kill both of them on the same episode. Oh. <laughs> That's harsh. But that's yeah. definitely going to happen. Everyone's yeah, uh, feel free to join in on your speculation. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah I just really don't know what's going to happen at this point. Rising Star? Uh, they're going to rebuild the Black Star. And Sheridan's going to kill it again. Yeah. Destroy it again. <laughs> <laughs> they just build it so that... Like, I feel like we can't really get into the size stuff then. Because that would be unfinished. And then what about those things that latch onto you and supposedly are a big, big thing in the future? That's how can that be addressed? Do we know anything about those? We don't know much yet. Just um, that they came from Zaha Doom or something, didn't they? Or they were the no, they were working with the shadows. They were like on the shadow side, right? And remember, even though they thought they weren't going to get another season, they did. So that doesn't stop you from predicting things that might happen in the future still. Oh, sure. Yes. Uh, down the road. Yeah. Um, like, I still think the size are going to be a bigger part of things. Like, they're going to try to take over EarthGov. But, like, I don't think it could really happen in this season. Right. Because, well, I guess maybe if it's as condensed as this one. As this <laughs> it episode, it'll just be episodes. like, Dang okay, it. let's do it. Fester dies. <gasps> Bester dies. No. <laughs> I feel like the last episode of the season could be his like last stand. Yes. Bester's last stand. I don't want him back, but 
if he's gonna come back, he should die. <laughs> but he's such a good actor. Oh, you know he has to come back. Uh, yeah. Okay, that I'm gonna make a wild dog prediction that he dies. There you go. Um, I'm gonna say I don't know who to think dies because pretty much everybody has almost died. Let's kill off Franklin, then I'll be happy. <laughs> Um, you kill off Bester, I'll kill off Franklin. Okay. But and who are you gonna kill off, Carl? Uh let's kill off let's kill off Delenn. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay, so do you guys all think that Ivanova and Marcus are gonna live? I think so. Probably. I mean we've seen that machine work before that nobody had to die when they uh when they used it before. I just don't see why Marcus didn't just grab some random uh, medical person strapped in. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really out of character. That would be Probably. bad. And then he'd have to go to jail and, yeah. Be kicked out of the Rangers, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been taught by the Mimbari. He's not going to kill somebody else. So, Rising Star. Yeah. Um, That girl that Franklin met on his walkabout. Uh, she becomes a professional singer known throughout the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that we were told he's dead in this episode. Oh, yeah, her. her. <laughs> Mrs. Fennell, I think. Yeah, she won't let death get in the way of her career. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Who needs uh, zombie psychics when you have zombie singers? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Rising Star is a new ship that is commissioned that will be manned by all alien military. It is a communal military ship to symbolize the new partnerships between the alien races. Yes, and then it betrays them and blows up Babylon 5. <laughs> the end. Predictions about Londo and Jakar or oh. any of the other? That would be amazing. Somewhere. Is it? Oh, did we ever tell you about the um, joke script that JMS wrote as a prank um, to, you know, a practical joke? No. Essentially, you know, um, he had time to write a whole script as a practical uh, joke, and he's written. Well, not scripts. a whole script, oh. a part of a script, basically. Two and scenes. Joss Whedon can't even write a Doctor Horrible two while he's filming <laughs> Avengers. Come on, basically two scenes, but essentially he let it go on, and I'll start at the beginning. Basically, um, story goes um, the. Who played Londo and Jakar played a practical joke on JMS at a convention. He waited a while to get them back. He wrote this scene basically where we opened on Jakar falling over ill, getting taken to sick bay. His vitals are all over the place. He then disappears. You know, Allah, how Marcus disappeared. Um, and then. Later on in the story, we cut to Londo in his quarters. Uh, someone's at the door, opens up. It's Jakar, but not as we know him. He's um, gone under a metamorphosis that um, nuns go through at time of crisis, and he's now a female. <laughs> oh, boy. And he, uh, one of the lines is, You may have conquered my world, Malari, but you never conquered my heart. <laughs> and um, they embrace. 
And that's what he had written oh up. And um, JMS took it uh, to the extreme of, you know, getting a uh, new uh, body cast made for Dukar, you know, um, letting oh, wow. all the apartments <laughs> This costs go. money. And just before they were about to film it, that he, he said, no, 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 it's, you know, practical joke, why are we delivering it? But yeah, <laughs> just let it go on and just... Wow, that did wow. cost money. I hope it's for itself. Oh my gosh. You can't take that out of somebody's participations. Anyways. No, Sorry. But, yeah. But okay. So. <laughs> Speaking of Londo and Jakar, here's my hope for the next episode. So we didn't know what the next episode is all like a whole Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead thing. Yes. Where it's yes. like their perspective on the battle, but it's comedic and they keep trying to get in and things happen. And <laughs> it's really yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. They took the wrong turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> exactly. So that would be amazing. I like that. Oh, they end up on the transfer point at IO because we always have that mentioned and we never see it. Yeah. Garibaldi's giving them coordinates. They end up in the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Longitude and latitude. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I think the little, um, the little, I don't know what to call them, but the things on, um, Centauri Prime that are going to take over, I figure that right now that has to wait until next season and it works because we kind of know that the future, that's what's going to happen. So they don't actually have to address it on the show. So I think that's going to wait. It has to, right? I, you you would think time. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless, again, they just wrap everything up really, really quickly, and then we're left going, okay? Yeah, that could happen, too. All right. Yeah. Good predictions. So, Lori and Carl, thank you for joining us once thank again. You. Yeah, thank you. It's Sunday. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, good. Hope you'll come back in Season 5. Definitely. Oh, yeah, don't forget Please to sign do. up. Okay. I'm going to this out. Okay. Well, that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with Rising Star. But until then, goodbye. Seeing you. Bye. 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 Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. <laughs>